1: Resist the urge to be average. That's what we're discussing today on The Devil is Lie." The devil is
0: lie. Here's your host, Angel Nicole. The devil is lie.
1: Y'all remember those Almond Joy commercials? Sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. <laughs> well, I feel like that's how life is for many of us. Some days we hop out a bell with pep and excitement, while other times we barely want to roll over to turn off the alarm. When you're an overachiever like our guests and myself, it's hard to take advice from outsiders about your work ethic. And I know I should probably enroll in a Workaholics Anonymous program, but I don't think it's hurting anyone and I genuinely love what I do. But what happens when your family starts exerting their opinions about your work-life balance on you? Stop cautioning me. You know I had to explain
0: to my family, you know, I'm an elite athlete. So when LeBron is sleeping, they're like, well, he just needs to sleep. If he's eating, they're like, oh, he needs to eat. If he got a muscle sweater, like, massage that, somebody. If, you know, like, you don't say to Serena, I don't think you should go out on the court today, you know? You should just speak. Like, why don't you rest more? Like, no, that's not her mindset. Now she will rest when it's time to rest because she will take that time to say, I'm I'm about to rest. I'm not abusive with my with how I work myself, right? Like I'll say, I'm I, I, for whatever reason, people think that they are somehow their love and advice for you is above what you can ever get to on your own in some ways. And that's not
1: how I roll. That was a voice of our amazing guest Shelly, Omilade. The host of The Shelly Bell Show, the founder of Black Girl Ventures, and one of the eight original Google Digital Coaches. So, y'all already know we've got an amazing show ahead of us. But first, please help me welcome Shelly Omilade. Welcome to the show, Shelly. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, I gotta keep it 100 with our audience because I rarely ever have guests that I don't already know. And thus far on this show, I have not had anybody that I wasn't already friends with know about. So how did you find out about the show and what made you decide that you wanted to be a part of it?
0: Oh, well, this is perfect then, because um, well, now do I get to be the first, the first like person you didn't know? Like, you you know, like I people are doing so much with like the first things. So I'm like, yes, I'm the first person that you didn't know. My PR agency uh, reached out and and connected us. I am a fan of Black women, uh, Black people, number one, doing podcasts and and always want to engage with them and just and just share like the work that we do at Black Girl Ventures and the work that we do at Black Girl Ventures is focused on capital, capacity, and community for Black and Brown women founders. Um, so it's important to me. That, that I connect with other founders, that I connect with other CEOs, that I connect with people like yourself who are doing amazing things in the world and just have conversation. I think like you can never have enough conversation that could be helpful for someone who's listening.
1: So talk to me a little bit about Black Girl Ventures.
0: At Black Girl Ventures, um, like I said, we have three Cs, capital, community, capacity. We work to help Black and brown women grow their businesses. I mean, it started in a house in Southeast D.C., um. After the news came out that Black and Brown women were not receiving access to capital, I decided to pull people together, throw some money in a hat, and, in a hat and give it away. Um. To keep it simple, I honestly, if you had asked me back then, that I think I would be on a Nike billboard, or do I think I would, you know, be working with Experian or like all these big companies? I would have been like, whatever. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get these coins and make these coins work. Um. And so, uh, when I kicked it off, so. In Black history, in the early 1900s, when when Black people migrated to Harlem, Mm -hmm. uh, white landowners raised rent. In them raising the rent, Black people threw parties to stay in their homes. So these weren't just any parties. You had like Langston Hughes, Fats Waller, uh, Duke Ellington, who were major uh, parts of, of creating these parties. And then they used the admission fee to pay their rent. So essentially, I created the largest... Rent party for entrepreneurs, black and brown women in the world. Um, And in the first one, it was very much getting together. Four women got up and pitched their business. We voted with marbles and coffee mugs. If you like that person, you put your marble in their coffee mug, and whoever had the most marbles at the end was the winner. Mm -hmm. Uh, But people liked it. So I said, okay, well, let's keep doing this. And so I started moving out to other community spaces, and I realized that, you know, from a diversity perspective, it was women pitching to women, or a black woman pitching to black women, or women pitching to women, and I'm like, we're not going to be able to get the most money to our community that way, mm-hmm. and so I created a tagline that said, everyone can attend, but black and brown women will win, and then I moved it into, like, a WeWork, to get the audience to be diverse, but to keep the stage focused on black and brown women getting access to capital. We need all the dollars. The money is green. <laughs> so the, essentially the way the pitch program works is we, we there's an application process. People come in and we coach them. And then we, uh, we choose... A uh, Seven to 10 people, they go and they pitch to an audience. We do have a set of like judges, but they don't make the final decision. The audience watching actually votes for their dollars for the founder that they like. And we uh, grant that capital back out to the founder. So it's crowdfunding and pitching like Kickstarter meets uh,
1: Shark Tank. So what was the inspiration behind this, though? There
0: that, that was a problem that needed to be solved. I mean, honestly, it was really that simple. When I started Black Ventures, I had another company. Um, a t-shirt company, and then the the news came out. Project Diane, which is a study around uh, women's entrepreneurship, black and brown women's entrepreneurship and specifically, um, saying that black and brown women were starting businesses at six times the national average, yet receiving less than one percent of venture capital. And so my thought was, I can do something about that. Um, but as black Girl ventures grew, like the competition grew. We needed to scale because people wanted us to come everywhere and we just couldn't. So my first thought was, we'll just train people how to do competitions and we'll just let them have it. And everybody's like, no, you don't want to do that. You're going to give away your idea. People are going to steal it. And I'm like, listen, if everybody started doing crowdfunded pitch competitions, I will have created an immense amount of change in the world and I could back up and do something else. So we created a fellowship program in order to expand. And, uh, and then that started stretching across multiple cities. We take in about 25 women at a time and it's focused on leadership. So we have the pitch program that's focused on capital. We have the fellowship program that's focused on leadership because we need more people at the table, black and brown people at the table making decisions in the markets. And then we have, a, in partnership with the NBA, we have a HBCU program that that would be new that we're launching this March.
1: Now, when you started, right, you had your T-shirt company. Did you feel like you were impacted by this disparity?
0: Yeah. I mean, black and brown people, you know, I'll, I'll speak to black people specifically, like the wealth, there's a lack of generational wealth and the capital is earned capital for the most part. So because of redlining and, um, you know, not being able to live in certain areas or own homes or even times where women couldn't even uh, get along without a man's signature or, make certain moves without a man having to be present and that man being their husband, right? This has held us back as a community financially for quite some time. So, you know, all the grant, the granting, and I think, you know, everybody wants the the very wealthy 1% to do, to turn over their capital in a way. Like, you know, even with some of that, there wouldn't be like an immediate speed up of what history has caused, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we really need to be able to cut time in half. And so we view BGV as speeding up the percentage of which people are getting funded. In my story, my mom gave me her retirement. And so that's most of the time what um, other black and brown founders are experiencing. If they have a family member with a retirement that they are taking out that capital and investing it. So she was my first investor. I use my tax returns to buy my own um, screen printing machines for my print shop.
1: Now, where you are today, I know you said this is not where you envision seeing yourself, right? What's next? What can we expect from you, whether from Black Girl Ventures or is there a new project on the horizon?
0: Yeah, so I recently, and this will be my first time even saying it publicly, but I recently uh, signed a book deal with Wiley Publishing. And so this year, I'll be working on writing a book. I am looking at expanding BGV to other countries. And so I would love to have a BGV UK, BGV Africa, you know, a couple other places that we're looking at BGV Bermuda. And so we're looking at like, how could this model expand and grow and help women all over the world um, is one of those things. I think, you know, I I love the different pop-up activations we're able to do as well. So like With Visa, we're doing this four-city tour. It'll be virtually, but it's called Pull Up and Pitch. And it is about normalizing pitching for everyone. So, you know, if you have a company, you can literally log in, shoot your shot, and get some capital.
1: Do you have to be a woman? We are heavily... (laughs) Um, I mean, because you're telling people pull up, shoot your shot, like... Right?
0: So, uh, we are focused on black and brown women, small business owners. Okay.
1: Yeah. Now, let me ask you this because I know I'm wondering it. So, if I'm wondering it, I know somebody listening is wondering it. Did you have a financial background, or was this just there's a need that needs to be met? I'm just going to figure it out.
0: I did not have a financial background. I'm an engineer. So, my background. So, you good with numbers? I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I could think in math. Let me say that. And I think <laughs> that, like, Math is uh, math is a, is a analytical problem solving, right? It's like you learned all those math classes that we took that we was like, what is this for? We'll never see a cosine in our life, right? Depending on what your role is or your job. With that, I, I will say like the ability to, so I'm also an artist. So I used to do like performance poetry. So the intersection of like art and engineering does give me a nice little analytical and creative sweet spot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if there is a secret sauce, that's definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, is that i I do have the ability to think in systems, which is why I'm always thinking systems scalability, how can I make it more efficient? How can I make it more simple? How can we put this together and make something bigger?
1: So with that, because you have that double creative and logical brain power, right? From the pitching mm-hmm. perspective, what are three things that you would recommend to people? if they're interested in pitching, whether it's in your competitions or anywhere, what are three things they need to be mindful of when they get on that stage?
0: I, you know, to keep it really simple and it's going to sound, you know, may sound a little bit harsh, but ultimately it is, what is it? Why is it? And why should I care about it? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like what is it? Why is it? And why should anybody outside of you care about this? You know, if you can answer those three things, you know, with the, if you can answer those three things with a story, you know, attached to it and a really great understanding of your expertise, you're competitive. Let me say that. I can't say you'll win, but you're <laughs> you are competitive in a competition. If you can give us those three things and wrap it in a story along with wrapping it in why, why you for it, which I think that's what people kind of forget sometimes. It's like, are you solving a problem? If you are, then what is it? Right. Like everything Mm -hmm. is solving a problem that doesn't sound sometimes we're thinking like, oh, yeah, that's just a thing that people are doing. No, it's a door. It has a doorknob. People need to open doors. Boom. Problem solved. Right. Like that's how seamless you should be able to communicate what you're doing.
1: Now, what if you're an introvert and you're scared to speak in public, but you really believe in what your mission
0: is? You may want to engage in more private bitches. So you may want to, uh, you know, find ways to be one-on-one, find ways to use your computer to uh, to make yourself more comfortable. So whether that could be like having virtual backgrounds, if that's necessary, that, that make you happy with different colors, whether that could be, you know, set yourself up and your space up for the best possible um, social and emotional place for you to be. I mean, you can also do things like cover your screen so you don't have to look at the people. Um, you know, if you're mm-hmm. using a more professional camera, then you're probably gonna have like you here, your screen here, you know, so you can you got some opportunity there to feel like you just pitch into the mirror. Sometimes if a mirror helps, put a mirror behind your camera, cover the screen with a piece of paper or notebook or something, so you're not looking at people. I think being virtual gives you lots of options for the possibilities mm-hmm. around uh, what you could do as an introvert. I'm so glad you asked me that. That's a great question. The
1: devil is a You guys are tuned in to the Devil is a Lie podcast with Angel Nicole. Our guest is Shelly Omilade of Black Girl Ventures and so many other amazing things. Now, we are running short on time, but I cannot let you leave here without sharing your Devil is a Lie moment. Now, your Devil is a Lie moment. Is a place in time where you did not know how you were going to overcome a particular situation, whether it was something you were toying with in your head and you were like, should I do this? Should I not do this? Um, it's that imposter syndrome. So I really want to know what was the situation? How did you get out of it? And what was waiting for you on the other side?
0: This is so great because I feel like I've had a million of these, but I'll, I'll speak to one along the longest journey of building BGV. So Prior to the t-shirt company, I was I got laid off twice um, for different reasons. My second boss was just like, You're amazing, but this job is not for you. And he laid me off. I was devastated. I went home and I called California Psychics. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) sorry. (laughs) And I was like, What is happening to my life? And the woman she told me, you know, when you find the thing you want to do, the money will come. And you're not going to be with that guy, which was at that time my fiance. And father of my third child and so uh who also did not want me to start a business and so I didn't at first because I was thinking like I'm gonna be a wife I've never been a wife before maybe this is what people do you got to compromise I don't know so I didn't start the business but after I heard from this psychic (laughs) right wrong indifferent within that next two months my entire life flipped upside down and I said you know what so I got disengaged unengaged that guy was gone now I have uh, three children, I'm a single parent again, and the third child is a one-year-old. And that would be my definition of rock bottom. That would be my definition of like, I have no job, I have no husband, I have three children, and I got to figure this out. Immediately, I, I think I was in fight or flight, to be honest. I threw everything out of my living room. I started repainting, I started building things. And so I was just like, I'm going to start a business, I'm doing this. And so I went from pivot after pivot after pivot. Until I finally landed on the print shop and then finally now landing on BGV. But the first thing I did was I built a tent in my living room and I rented it out on Airbnb. And everybody thought I was crazy. They were like, nobody's going to sleep in your tent in the living room. I didn't even know how to drill a hole. I was at Home Depot and the, <laughs> the associates was like, ma'am, uh, what are you doing? And I told them I'm going to build this, t- this uh, tent, put it in my living room and rent it out. And they're like, nobody's going to sleep in your living room in the tent. But aha, the devil is a lie. They did. I put it up on Airbnb and I had lots of people that wanted to come and stay. But after letting one woman come and stay, I realized I don't want people sleeping in a tent in my living room. So I'm done with this. So I started what was waiting for me on the other side was if you can make a tent in your living room produce income, you could do anything. Like that literally was it for me. That moment was like I'm at rock bottom. I put I put some sticks together and some some fabric and somebody
1: slept in it. I literally can do anything. I love it. I love it. I love it. I am here for it. And that's it's one of those things where when we want something really bad, we'll be like, we'll literally trick ourselves into like well maybe this is what I'm supposed to do or and we'll really put our wants and our desires on the back burner because we're like, I really think I want to make this work and a lot of times when it comes to relationships as black women it's something that we do and maybe it's an all women thing right but I've been there I was married. My ex husband was not a fan of me starting my company, part of the reason why we're divorced. But I truly believe you have to find somebody who's equally yoked and understands who you are and what is implanted in you and what you're supposed to bring to the world. Because had you never done what was in you, that little seed that was just waiting to get, you know, fertilized and to blossom. You've blessed so many people and you have literally ministered and sewn into their dreams and ministered to their hearts. So I applaud you for being able to go through that storm. And it's literally a storm that we have to go through to be able to come out on the other side and to see the blessings of what and why we had to go through that. So I commend you. I applaud you. I celebrate you. And I thank you for being with us today on The Devil is Alive. Thank you having me this was great if you can share some social media information around how people can get connected to you and anything that you have coming up yeah 100 percent.
0: listen if you out there and you've been thinking about you know pitching don't be afraid you know at black girl ventures you know definitely apply definitely become a part of the community because we coach you we bring you in with open arms and love we take you as you are and the community is always waiting for folks so uh, BlackGirlVentures.org is our website at BlackGirlVentures on Instagram, at B Girl on Twitter. For me, it's at I am Shelley Bell on everywhere <laughs> and uh the world of dot uh, com.
1: Awesome, awesome, awesome. And again, thank you so much for spending this last half hour with us. And to you at home, thank you for tuning in. I hope that you have enjoyed the information that has shared. I know I have. I'm excited to connect with Black Girl Ventures because I'm not already. And I hope that you will as well. A lot of you have reached out to me and said, hey, how can we follow you on social media? You can follow me at The Angel Nicole. And this is the Devil is Alive production of The Alive Podcast Network, engineered by Julio Gonzalez of and music provided by Audio Vibes. Be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on social media at Alive Podcast Network. If you are interested in joining the Alive Podcast family, visit AlivePodcastNetwork.com to learn more. We hope that you enjoyed today's show. And remember, there is greatness within you. And if anyone tells you any different, the devil is a lie. Until next time, be blessed. The devil is alive. La.